All right. Well, welcome, wrestling fans, those of our audience, all three of you that enjoy wrestling. We're here for episode 180 of Tell Me Where to Turn. And I am very happy to announce that I am still Tommy2 underscore zero. I'm very happy to be here, which we'll get to in a minute. Very happy. Every day feels like a gift at this point. And uh, the name of the show you're listening to is Where to Turn. Gosh. Good Lord. This is, I mean, this has been, like, we've had, in, we've had intros that have been, you know, a little disjointed. But, th- I mean, this is unbelievable. You're listening to Tell Me Where to Turn, which can be found on Twitter at Where to Turn Pod. The voice you just heard was one of the two uh, remaining hosts of the show, and I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, you can find me at Glenn three underscore eleven. You can find me on Twitter at Point Break underscore Dave. And we are very happy for the second week in a row to welcome back from the Swell Society. I did check last updated May twenty first, twenty twenty one. Muscle Matt, welcome to the show. Oh, what's going on, guys? Good to, good to be back with y'all. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Swole Society Matt, and we'll get into this. I'm also one half of the legendary tag team Power and Glory, so it's made its way to St. Louis this weekend. <laughs> what I like to hear. So we're this is going to be, I'm warning you now, this is going to be wrestling intensive but that's okay because it's not just about wrestling. It's also about a trip and yes. all that that implies. That, that then, everybody certainly got to go to. Yeah, it was great to see you guys this weekend, by the <laughs> way. You spent some real quality in-person time. Exactly. So yeah. let's, uh, let's ask the question first off. How, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Okay. Never better. But it has been a very interesting 10 days for me. So to establish that you are, you know, one of the one of the founders of Team Hoax, which <laughs> ultimately became Team COVID is not that bad. Yeah. And then what happened about a week ago? We uh, we might add the word not even close to being bad. That may be the new name of my team. <laughs> I like it, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting. So as you guys know, the Omicron is everywhere. It is happening more than we realize it is. It's becoming a bigger and bigger part of everyone's life. <laughs> and it's it's running rampant here. And and I'll I'll tell you, I don't think I'm in point break Dave territory, but if you were to put me on the precautions scale, I would certainly be far left on the graph, the part that's almost touching the X axis. This guy doesn't wear a mask. I don't social distance. I don't change anything about my lifestyle. This has been well established. But you're not you're not actively pursuing COVID. No, like I days. haven't been to like bug chasing parties. Is that what you're asking? That's a weird <laughs> that's a weird place to go with it. You haven't been to St. Louis recently? <laughs> no. So as we as we covered, I think at the top of the last show, we were going through our travel plan. So I had plane tickets to leave Friday. Uh, the day before the rumble to St. Louis. And if you back up uh, one week exactly from that Friday, I, uh, I went on a date with my wife because if we've learned one thing on this podcast, that it doesn't matter how long you've been married, how old you are, 
how messed up things are, you date your spouse. Always right. important Never to stop. date. You always date your spouse. So at this stage of life, if I'm going to date my spouse, that means we've got to do something with the kids. And in this case, they were being dropped off at an event, which my wife took care of. And she made kind of a cryptic comment coming back of, you know, something f- feels like a little off in my overall well-being <laughs> to the point where she actually considered putting on a mask before dropping the kids off, which is very out of character because we stand hand in hand in our stance against masks in this household. Very brave. Yeah. So we went to dinner and again, it, there was mitigating circumstances because we actually were on the oddly enclosed patio of a restaurant on a 20 degree night with butane heaters running. But my wife did comment several times like, gosh, I'm, I'm cold. And she was wearing her jacket inside and, and just, you know, making some comments to the point where when it was time to leave, I said, you know what? I'll just drop you off at home and I'll get the kids like, you know, you relax. But so still one of those thought anything of any, any of this so far. It was one of those <laughs> Arby's with like the atrium. Is that like the curved glass? Yeah. It's called okay. a flagship Arby's, oh, okay. actually. It's where they where they test out the new concepts. They have the meats there. Which, yeah, speaking uh-huh. of having the meat, that all of her symptoms definitely precluded my plans for the evening, for sure. <laughs> so you still, you, still have that, <laughs> you still have that appointment card in your back pocket. <laughs> That's why they put it in pencil, so yeah. it's the month and day. And let's put this back about 45 days. So... Throughout, throughout the whole pandemic, we haven't really had any close calls to the point where I had kind of convinced myself that we were we were either immune to it or the you know the vaccines that we had got uh, were really working well because we've we've just never had a close call. So Saturday and uh, Saturday and Sunday, she just didn't feel very good, and, and it, but it wasn't it wasn't go to the hospital bad. It was more just you know she she slept in really late she you know she took a nap in the afternoon but it wasn't wasn't anything that i would consider alarming in any way and this is how many days before the rumble so this is so now we're we you know we've gone through the weekend so now we're at the the monday before the rumble so the monday of rumble week so i wake up monday morning as i am known to do head straight to the gym listening to an old episode of swole society like everything pre, about this pre workout shake <laughs> Uh, Monday, Monday for me was a cardio day because I'm trying to get my weight back under control. So I'm mixing in a lot of, lot of cardio. So I, I ran, uh, ran on the treadmill for about 50 minutes, felt fine. Numbers all looked good, hit the pace I was trying to hit, but I did notice towards the end of the run, I thought, you know, just the subtlest little scratch in my throat, like nothing I'm worried about, but I just had a little scratchy feeling in my throat. Were you and on some sort of reinforced treadmill? Just so to, is you your, guys seriously? It's out of control. Like, is your, I'm is your really uh, pre-workout shake Oreo, or <laughs> are you actually going with like a supplement? You guys, uh, we'll, we'll divert real fast. So when the pandemic started, I weighed 175 pounds, and that is that is my ideal weight. Like it's not too thin, it's not too heavy. My pants fit great. Um, and then I told you guys I bloomed up into the like mid 180s during the pandemic. I weighed myself this morning at the gym and I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt, but I did have my shoes on. But they're like lightweight running shoes. 
193 pounds right now. So I've gained almost 20 pounds in about 18 months. Of wow. pure muscle, what I can see here. No, in this. there's no, there's, it is, it is all in the midsection, gentlemen. It is, it is all here. Not so much down here. I win. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not good. All right, continue. All right, so we, our work is under pretty strict rules right now about, they're very paranoid about COVID, but we are going to the office. And one of the rules is if you have any cold symptoms, even if you don't have a fever, don't come in. But my throat scratch was so minor that I just didn't, never even considered not going to work. So I go to work Monday morning. Well, I'm probably there all of maybe an hour and a half. And my wife had had a previously scheduled doctor's appointment and they gave her a COVID test and it came back positive for COVID. And she called me at work and said, and this is, you know, this is again, company pup policy said hey i tested positive so i said okay i've got to go home because you know i've obviously been close exposed to it and you're not allowed to be in the office i told my uh boss who ironically was at home very sick with covid <laughs> and said hey i'm going home and he's he, he was uh he wasn't even working he he had a real bad uh, run of it he was he was uh, almost having to go get medical care bad like right on the precipice of it not being good and you know, nice guy, definitely has some comorbidities. Um, kind of has the one-man <laughs> one gang physique a little bit, so it doesn't yield itself necessarily to COVID. Yeah, you don't want to have too many of those combined with the, the big C-19, as somebody I know just found out about two days ago. <laughs> yeah. So that in my, text and, was not exactly handled in the most <laughs> polite way. Well, let me tell you this: that guy would have appreciated that. He would have uh, he would have thought that was funny. Uh, it was a guy that I worked with, a different department, but you know we saw each other periodically. But my favorite story uh, with him, who he is no longer with us, uh, he was a bit of a pothead, and this guy's like. 12, 15 years older than me, but about five or six years ago, me and some friends were going on a trip to Colorado, and this was right after, I guess, weed was legalized, and I hadn't seen him in I don't know how long, because we did same company, but two different locations, so passed and cross all the time, and uh, so I get on the plane, and he's on our plane, except for he's kind of disheveled and bearded, and he's got like some kind of a cannabis 420 type t-shirt on and i walk on the plane and kind of look over and just kind of smile at him and he has this look of panic like i'm gonna sell him out or something and he said hi to me but i mean he was ready to just let it loose and smoke everything in colorado and i was like what's going on buddy you know so Good dude. It's it's uh unfortunate news. But yeah, thoughts and prayers. Yeah. I thought the Thought the Undertaker gif would be the best way to to break it to you guys. That is indeed. indeed. So so by Monday night I was starting to feel a little worse. Tuesday worse. Wednesday was was not a good day. Wednesday was definitely my my bad day. And and Wednesday, I mean, I had the the body aches, the real heavy feeling, just you know, horrible sore throat. Um 
Thursday started to get better. Um, and then Friday, I, uh, which would have been the day we had, we were, you know, originally going to leave for the rumble. Like there's no way I would have felt comfortable getting on a plane. I mean, I was still just blowing my nose and a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Well then Saturday morning I woke up and I, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to test. And if I've gotten through this, we're, we're going for it. We're driving. And, uh, it's one of those tests where you, um, you know, they, they, um, they stick the thing up into your brain pan and they put it in a machine and, and it says it'll take 15 minutes for it to tell you if you're positive for COVID. Well, mine told me I was positive in 30 seconds <laughs> and they said, yeah, that's not good. That, uh, that means, strong. that means that you've got a lot of, uh, like what they call live virus living in your nose. And I was like, so am I contagious? And they were like, Oh yeah. If you pretty much get uh, breathe near anybody, you're giving them COVID. And uh, I wasn't so much worried about muscle Matt and, and uh, point break Dave and, and Glenn 11. Cause you no. guys, I mean, look at you guys. I mean, <laughs> You're three of the best shaped guys I know. You saw the pictures from the trip. I mean, right. Come on. The fake Paul Bear, <laughs> I might have killed him. <laughs> and I can't have that on my conscience. I've already ruined one big aspect of his life from the podcast. So <laughs> we want to revisit cool. the Kate Spade incident. And uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't bring that to myself. But no, it would have just been exceedingly irresponsible, not to mention being locked in a car with my son who had not had it uh, – yet for uh for four and a half or five hours so so yeah i think uh, from at this point i think you guys are gonna have to take us the rest of the way home because i thoroughly enjoyed the rumble but it was seated on my couch and not in attendance with the uh with the rest of the alpha academy so so i will just ask uh son is okay though we have no yeah. concerns. So it was a weird, a weird situation because both of the kids at different points coughed and and had upper respiratory symptoms, but both tested negative. So, right. Good you news. know, either either they had it and got and we didn't test them at the right time, or they're just made of stronger stock than their parents. You know, one of the okay. two. All right. Well, I mean, I guess we. Trip-wise, we just start at the beginning, and, and my beginning was when Muscle Matt rolled up in a luxury vehicle to uh, chauffeur me to DFW Airport, which was very much appreciated. I, all I'm saying is that, that I couldn't let Dave be the only person in the group to have a, a car with three letters. What was most interesting was glenn insist insisted on sitting up front and was flirting with mrs muscle matt the entire way to the airport i mean it was slightly uncomfortable wow um, what's this about who's this yeah what's this about with lust say, in his eyes <laughs> i wouldn't say the entire trip just uh you know so did you guys did you guys not pick up fake paul bearer was he in the coffin where was he <laughs> no he drunk he, he met he met over here as well so okay. we uh, and he was on time because uh muscle matt showed up at the house and uh, i was like yeah fake paul bearer's not here yet and <laughs> dead gum pal who knows when he's gonna be here but he rolled up like within a minute i went inside basically to get my bag and say bye to the wife and i saw an old forerunner Turned down my road, and his music hit. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> it's it's trip time now. So we yeah, got. It, it, uh, go ahead, Matt. 
Oh no, I was. It, it was. It was good. It, it seemed like the night before we didn't know if there was a working vehicle amongst us all to to get us to the airport. Uh, Mrs. Matt said, "Hey, I don't have to go to work today. How about I drive everyone?" And uh, the truth is, if you took a look at Glenn and myself, one of us is much shorter than the other. So it just it just made more sense to hop in the me hop in the back. Give Glenn a little leg room, and uh, we were we were bound bound for New Orleans. I'm sorry, St. Louis. This isn't WrestleMania. <laughs> wow. Good lord. Story's story's got a lot of twists and turns. But we did we did have uh, a little bit of time to kill at the airport, and what better place to to do that than at TGI Fridays, <laughs> where where we all ordered the kids' breakfast. <laughs> because Matt had the perfect idea. We're looking at this overpriced menu, and he's like, I'm going to be honest. There's really no difference between the adult breakfast that's $13.99 and a kid's breakfast that's $5.99 other than a piece of toast. So so we asked the waitress, we're like, is it fine if we get the kid's breakfast? Yeah, why not? She's like, I work at TGA Fridays <laughs> in the airport. <laughs> I don't give a f about anything. And what and what made this amazing was this was the the trick I learned in Vegas with Point Break Dave, and that is you always order the kids pancakes. And so uh, this is how I knew the trip was going to start off and be absolutely amazing because not only were there three kids breakfasts that were ordered. There was also one giant mimosa that Glenn <laughs> got as well. And the kid, so, did you go with the kids' mimosa or the adult mimosa? <laughs> it was the adult one. I figure I was at that point I was spending the adult amount for the meal, but there you go. I was getting more adults out of it than uh, just an extra scrambled egg and uh, one triangle of toast. And the breakfast potatoes at this particular TGIF were just French fries. <laughs> <laughs> and like the to Dave's point, the waitress not caring about anything. She brings it out, and Matt is like, "Wow, this is exquisite! Your breakfast potatoes are just French fries." And instead of being offended, she's like, "Yeah, we, we don't like have much back there." Well, the the menu read crispy seasoned yeah. breakfast potatoes. It was a handful of French fries with salt. Yeah, yeah, they were French fries. It was fine. It was so, great. Good flight in. We got to St. Louis. Uh, Point Break Dave was at least two and a half to three beers in. And, I was. And we got outside and we found out that it was cold. <laughs> well, before we before we get there, because there is a interesting point. So my flight was a little bit earlier. I uh, I uh, about the last twenty minutes of the flight got to pee pretty bad. And I'm sitting row one. It was a Southwest flight. I'm sitting row one. But it's at that weird time where you're like, I don't want to like go up right next to the cockpit. <laughs> like as we're landing, they don't they don't tend to like that. <laughs> so I, I make it, you know, one of the first ones off the plane. Step out right across the uh, terminal walkway. There is the bathroom. As I'm walking up, I notice. A large man who would later become WWE champion. 
and yeah, walked directly in front of Bobby Lashley in my uh, head of the table T-shirt, which he definitely noticed because I was given, you know, I he caught my eye and then saw the wrestling T-shirt and kind of gave me that knowing nod of, okay, we all know what's happening here. <laughs> we all, all know who I am. And yeah, combined with the fact that he didn't look like he was in the mood for it, and combined with the fact that I had to pee really bad, <laughs> I just kind of was like, hey, man, and just kept walking. And <laughs> I think he appreciated it. He kind of yeah. smiled and kept going. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was surprising. That I did not expect to see any wrestlers in the terminal. But And then I met up with uh, Glenn and Muscle Matt and saw some people that could really deadlift. And we were off. We were outside waiting for uh, waiting for the Uber. And the bitter cold. And one thing that we noticed uh, as we made our way to you know to the airport is uh, you know it's it's a quick trip, so we're not checking any bags. At least in the three that traveled out of Dallas. Also, Matt. Also, Matt didn't even like have a bag. He had a backpack that you would take just to English 101, <laughs> and that's that's where he packed everything. So. I don't know how prepared for the 15 degrees he was with like a light sweatshirt and a couple of T-shirts is all he brought with him. But that's hey, it's his decision. There was a jacket in that bag and about two pair of underwear. All right. That's about it. Now, sadly, as we have had some good material from Uber rides and past trips, this driver didn't give us anything other than the book laying on his console, which was <laughs> the science of reincarnation. <laughs> well, you got to trust the science. Yeah, I was going to say. We've learned one thing in the last two years. And look, and Veer Mahan maybe hasn't showed up to Raw yet, but he made sure to show up to St. Louis. He showed up to Uber. As soon as right. we uh, put in our destination and clicked... Uh, the Uber X, Veer Mahan got booked. <laughs> that was the only time he was booked that weekend. <laughs> but we got to the uh, we got to the Airbnb. Um, oddly, had to go around back to get the the key, which is about the time Tommy would have left the trip oh. as we're like walking down this alley. <laughs> so what was the was the place a uh, was it a high rise? Yeah, we were on the ninth floor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, was we're it in, in a? Was it as I predicted in a very suspect part of town? No, no. Listen to that again. We were in room nine eleven. Oh boy. <laughs> and and there was a running. Yeah, I'm out. Bit. I would have driven back. There was a running bit during the entire weekend of all the moments where Tommy would have just turned and like grabbed his son and screamed and ran off. And the first one was walking in the back alley to get the the keys that were like padlocked to some just random steel bar outside the the back of the building next to the dumpsters. <laughs> but once you get the key, then you can come in the nice lobby entrance and it's all good. Now, did this oh, building yeah. have just... amenities? Was there a Starbucks in the lobby or anything? No. Oh, <laughs> actually, the lobby was once you got down the hall was very bare bones. The place very itself in, was nice, industrial. though. Yeah, it's a very yeah. industrial feel. But ah, this this is five stars. 
in the Tokyo Dome, this place was. It was absolutely perfect for for the uh, you know duration and or the you know length of time we were there and and the and the people that are there. Like it's um, there wasn't a whole lot to do in St. Louis. It was really cold and not a ton of things were open or available. So uh, there was a good part of both days we were just kind of hanging out there, but. No, it was it was great. We had a pool table. Oh wow! Did you know you were getting a pool table going in? Yeah, it was in the it was in the pictures. Oh yeah, yeah I don't I didn't look at the pictures. So no, I was, was too busy. I was too busy worrying about uh, what part of town it was going to be in and how many murders happened in St. Louis. Look, once you walk past the shanty town of tents, right, and you get into the building and you lock the door and you make sure no one can come after you. And once you go into room 911, right? That's right. Never forget. I mean, you guys never right. forgot your room number. I'm sure. Never forgot, which was a mere steps away from the elevator. So you could stumble right in from one to the other. Uh, it was it was probably I will say this. I've been to several, several marquee wrestling events in my life. WrestleMania uh, 30 when uncensored 1996, you know, all the ones that. <laughs> That really have made the wrestling industry. Um, and what what we had at the Royal Rumble this year, and particularly our our accommodations, were I think the best setup I've ever been a part of. So kudos to Dave to make make that happen. No, it was good. So uh, we uh, we get there and we're, it's it's time for food, and Glenn immediately finds. We're all trying to find restaurant, and Glenn is looking for sports bar. <laughs> we're looking we for Bijou, St. Louis is what yeah. we're looking for. Yes. Found a place called the Over Under Bar, which if you could bet in St. Louis would have been awesome. But pretty good little place. Went down there. Then the way back, we uh, were looking for uh, you know maybe a maybe a CVS, something to grab a few few things and we see that there's a place called fields foods directly across and this is where we we discovered something (laughs) else about st louis so we go in there i think the three of us you know grabbed uh grabbed some beers we like some chips fake paul bear got a big thing of oreos which were very nice to have laying around and then we go up to check out and there's a bottle of vodka on the checkout counter to which Glenn immediately is like, Hey, what's that? <laughs> it's like, uh, so, so uh, I think you two had bought your stuff and then me and Paul bear had grabbed stuff. And we were going to split it, split the cost and, you know, just figure it out or whatever. And uh, I was like, yeah, let, let this other stuff slide through and I'll figure out what's going on with this bottle of Tito's. Cause I didn't see anything else in the store. I thought it was just like random. So y'all paid. And then I kind of looked at the cashier and I'm like, so, What's going on with this bottle of vodka? How do we uh, how do we get out of here with this? And she just looked at me like, well, we have plenty of it in the back. <laughs> oh, really? But then I sent Paul Bear on the on the hunt, which took oddly a long amount of time. <laughs> yeah, a guy a guy that worked there went to show him where everything was, and they disappeared for it seemed like ten minutes. And we're like, I think he killed him. <laughs> so if I remember. And I don't feel like I would misremember this. Is isn't Paul Bear allergic to specifically Tito's? 
He didn't uh, well, get he didn't Tito's. That. Oh, he yeah, did. Because I remember, yeah. I remember him giving me a bottle one time because he had discovered that something that they use in that specific brand, he's allergic to. <laughs> I know what he's not allergic to, and that is not drinking vodka and Monster out of a wine glass. Because <laughs> that happened multiple times on the trip. Well, and. One of the things I guess, so I have never been on a trip with him before uh, or this crew to this extent is he always like the the trip mom because <laughs> he's taking he was, care of us the whole time. Yeah, like it was it was amazing. He was so worried we weren't going to have enough snacks and man, uh, and, no, and this so, is on brand. This is on brand. Like and, and so and just and just so everyone can get a, a mental picture of what we mean by snacks, because the way I heard this entire conversation walking into Fields Foods was like we had to get the essentials uh, to survive. We walk out with two bags of chips and a bag of Oreos and a case of beer and a six pack of Dos Equis and a four pack of ciders and a bottle of the vodka and a thing of cranberry juice and about six energy drinks, mind you, for approximately 36 hours. That's no, that's see, he's doing a, he's doing the Lord's work here. Also, <laughs> when we're going to clean up the Airbnb on our, our morning, we're leaving the vodka bottle is completely empty. There's like 10 percent gone from the cranberry juice bottle. <laughs> <laughs> At, at one point, Paul Bear is making everyone uh, vodka cranberries, and I use cranberries in quote because there wasn't a lot of cranberry juice, but he's he's serving it up in cereal bowls. I've never seen it. <laughs> my, my lasting memory of my last trip with him would be the uh, unbelievable non sequitur when we would be deep engaged in talk about the Baltimore Orioles middle of the lineup and what they were going to do the next inning. And then he would say, did you guys know the gross domestic product of Spain was up like 4% last year? <laughs> we did. We did talk a little stocks during the, the course of the weekend. He'd give us some tips and stuff. And so that, that definitely came up, but yeah, we, uh, yeah. So we had our trip to the store to get supplies. So we're, we're thoroughly, we overbeard. Uh, okay. our, our purchase, which is our problem, because we bought that thinking, OK, well, the other stuff is not a factor. Then all of a sudden, giant bottle of vodka yeah. became a factor. Vodka so becomes we, a big player. Yeah, sure. So we have, you know, 18 beers when we needed more like six to eight yes. or so. But that's OK. But everything else, because let me assure you, vodka was gone and all the monsters had been pounded and thrown asunder like stone cold <laughs> standing on the on the turnbuckle so but hey you know it's uh at this point we get back we just kind of hang out at the at the place play a little pool just get get used to the <laughs> i think we took about an hour to finally get the tv to work <laughs> dave yeah. had to take control of that um and then it was just time for some some good fellowship Let's uh, still didn't get the shower to work. I don't think completely. <laughs> well, no, no, that's for that's for later. But um, yeah, we just uh, 
How about we get to that evening and watch about three hours of wrestling? <laughs> yeah, well, that evening we uh, uh, actually a friend of the show and on Twitter, uh, Tim, rookie mistake, steak like the piece of meat, told us to check out Imo's Pizza. So we discovered there was one very close to the uh, Airbnb. So we order up a Imo's Pizza, and at that moment when I'm putting in the online order, I'm like, Hmm. There's really no way for this guy to get up to our thing because it's very uh, secure. So put in the little, you know, notes section. Hey, here's a phone number. Call me when you get here. Come let you in. Real, real quick. Let me let me jump in, Dave. So I need the folks at home to understand this. Um, We we chose to have delivery. But if you Googled the pizza place from where we were, it was 130 feet. <laughs> but it was so cold, there was no way we were walking down the street That's a, to that pizza place. 100% accurate. So, so continue. The, uh, the dude calls, calls us, and he's like, hey, I'm pulling up. <laughs> and we're like, great. So Muscle Matt and I, we throw on a pair of shoes. We run downstairs thinking we're going to be nice. You know, we're, we walk outside to let them know, hey, we're here. There's a car on the street, but it's not him. So we end up standing out there for like, I don't know, five, six minutes after he called and said he was here to the point where I called the number back. I'm like, hey, man, are you at the right place? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm almost there. <laughs> it's like, you're okay. 130 feet away. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> I can see you in your car talking to me right now. <laughs> My legs are frozen because all I have on is a, a, a tank and some shorts. But it's pretty good pizza. And Yeah, uh, that was a good that was We a good enjoyed that throughout the weekend. Oh, yeah. We got plenty. <laughs> and, we, and we watched some AEW since, you know, oh, we so wanted to be. You got to experience uh, some real wrestling while you were there. Cool. Yeah, it's good. Buddy. Uh, Matt was with us, so we want to cater to him. We don't, it's, you know, we talked to diversity initiatives later in the weekend, but this was our first one, and uh, so we took in an hour of that, and it was it was interesting. Uh, you know, uh, tag team with a guy wearing a, a really fake mask over his yeah. entire like head. So that's that was the Luchasaurus, sir. All right, he has yeah. a name. Yeah. Yeah, because. Carmella's not doing that, and whatever the guy with Sheamus is, he's not doing that. Yeah, that's that's unique to AEW, sure. Okay. Yeah, it's those are definitely entire Halloween masks with horns on them. Those are totally, <laughs> it's totally. For the same what bit. it's worth, there was more wrestling in the hour of AEW than the entirety of SmackDown that night. That okay. is true, okay. and we admitted that I, under that's oath. True. We admitted that on Friday night. <laughs> Too Doesn't bad the wrestling was good. super poor and done by people that weighed 135 pounds. But other than that, I, part of that I agree with. But <laughs> um, so yeah, we we had a we had a good night of watching wrestling, and it was decided between myself, Muscle Matt, and Glenn. Next morning was going to be gym morning. Oh yeah, and we had found a gym. That looked pretty great and was even better in person. <laughs> so amazing. This was one of the best gyms uh, ever. And, and real quick, before we get into it, 
again, one of the, this is the this is the the Swole Society plug. One of the things about Dave when he travels is that uh, part of the reason we got to go get snacks and supplies is because he has to get a half gallon of milk. Because oh, I've I've seen this. I've experienced this yeah. on multiple other trips. So first thing we, out we, the gate, we, yeah, we ride into the casino and he's like, "Hold on, I got to go find out who's selling milk here." Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Right. So he. He immediately makes his protein shake in the morning, so we we know a workout's happening. So we, uh, and I actually want Glenn to tell this story, but shout out to the St. Louis Fitness Factory, because oh, they, yeah. uh, they took care of us. Definitely. That, so, and, and first circling back to the mention of fake Paul Bearer trying to take care of everybody, so he's not going to the gym. Tommy's, yeah, Tommy's I mean, <laughs> we've... <laughs> I think that was about minus 10,000 in the book. So, so he's not going to the gym. So we're getting ready to leave and he is perfectly fine with us going. And he's like, Hey, as long as y'all want to, it's fine. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go down and I'm just going to walk around, maybe find a cafe. I think there's a bagel place. You guys want some bagels to, to which we responded like, please no. Like (laughs) I'm not, I'm not a bagel guy. So I didn't want to tell him like, please don't buy them. You'll have to watch me just put it in the trash can. (laughs) But uh, he was getting something for himself, and he was, like, insistent. Like, well, how about I get you this? No, nah, we're good. Dave's like, I don't really eat breakfast. Um, and we're like, it's, it's most fine. important meal of the day. He's looking out for you guys. Yeah, and uh, and I'm like, no, nah, don't worry about it. I don't, I don't want to put you out of anything. He's like, what about a breakfast sandwich? Maybe something with some sausage or whatever. <laughs> and finally, Matt and I are like, all right, if you find something, go ahead and go ahead and get it. That'll be uh, That'll be great. So we walk. To the gym, which, which was an interesting freezing walk. cold, freezing. And like, we took there was two two streets you could take down, and we chose the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I think we forwarded the picture of uh, us standing in front of the graffiti that I believe it said, "You're more famous when you're dead." Well, it said, "You're more famous when you're dead." Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> which is a great picture. So we make it to the gym and we walk in and you know the music hits and the front desk guy stands up like whoa what is who are these guys and uh, we met Brody Brody mm. was uh, reading his copy of the book Dune well we uh it was a little little guest fee for the three of us and I, I took care of it. And uh, he was like, whoa, man, none of my friends do that for me. And then he just, he just proceeded to list off all the bad things that his <laughs> friends do to him. <laughs> like they take advantage of him and they make him do shots and they. Oh, no. Yeah, he needs to make him pay for friends. it. Yeah. It was but, really, it was a very good for the sake of the show interaction, but also really weird. Like Glenn picks up, you know, paying for everyone's, you know, day fee. And then we get a five minute story of the poor life of Brody. <laughs> Almost to the point where it's well, like, hey, hey, man, do you want to go to the Royal Rumble tonight? Yeah, I, I was going to say, you guys had two extra tickets. What was that about? Well, at that point, we were the plan was to sell them and then put any profit money onto Austin Theory at 40 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of 
glad we ended up having a place for our jackets to be the entire time. Yeah, I'm glad I was able. I'm glad my hundreds of dollars was able to find a place for you guys to put your jackets. <laughs> so the the thing about this gym that was pretty cool is I, I'd never been to St. Louis before. I knew that it was an old city, uh, and even the loft that we were staying in is old, renovated place, and so everything's kind of gritty and. Um, but even the the gym had this loft vibe to it, so a lot of uh, exposed bricks and, and beams, and so it was super nice, but also just kind of oddly shaped. Like there was this mechanical, like there there were several uh, levels to the place, but it wasn't like hey, go up some steps. It's like, here's a ramp that you go up or down to get to. And we were kind of quasi in the basement for a part of our workout, but there was like this mechanical contraption that gets you from one level to the next so that you could literally descend to do your set like Bobby Roode coming down. (laughs) (laughs) But it definitely, uh, it had the feel, and it took me a while to realize this, and we didn't even talk about this when we were there. But this is the only thing I can think because it like Matt said, there were two kind of two different levels. But the main way to get down to the bottom level was just this inexplicable ramp that was like 30 feet wide that had nothing else to it. And it's like this is a really poor use of space. And I think it had to used to be a parking garage and they just like outfitted the gym. You guys, it. you guys don't have hair one on your balls if you didn't do lunges up that ramp. <laughs> I did oh. some farmer's walks. <laughs> yeah, we. Glenn picked up a couple of dumbbells and he was content to go up and down that bad boy. Like that wasn't that happened. So the uh, great thing about this was being a, a gym in you know kind of the middle of downtown and it being Saturday morning. There was the three of us and maybe three or four other people. So we quickly found the revival of, was there. No. We were not, <laughs> but we quickly found kind of a uh, a set of benches near some dumbbells that no one was at, and and set up our little our little camp. And that's when we noticed there's a few older ladies, not older, but you know, forty fifties working out, thirty one, thirty two, yeah. you know, old, thirty year sure. and then. There was a guy. How I don't know how old. Fifty maybe. Yeah. 50? Well, it's a, it's yeah. kind of impossible to tell because past a certain age, and I don't <laughs> think he ages anymore. I think that's the the saying. He was very was happy with Bobby Lashley winning. Let's put oh, it that so way. there was no nothing was cracking, is what you're saying? Not at all. Okay. And this guy was there, I believe, the entire time we were. He never did a single rep of anything in that time. He was sitting on benches. He was pointing. He was talking to people. I don't think he was a trainer. I think he was just there to give unsolicited advice. And his gym absolutely had a monopoly on the probably 40-something very into fitness, but unattractive woman. <laughs> there was like five of them <laughs> all around us. And they're yes. probably doing a podcast right now talking about us in much the same manner, except for Dave. He's, he's a dreamboat. But uh, yeah, that was my other observation. And 
we the once some uh, there was uh, some of the crowd in there cleared out and then we we took over. I got the the WWE playlist going on the phone yes. and we we cranked that up to eleven and we had that place for like a solid hour just by ourselves. It was great. Just Very early on, I think the the pre workout, the walk in the cold. I had a bit of a muscle mat fairly early into the workout and ran into the uh, the locker room restroom and noticed of the two stalls, one had a big sign on it that said out of order. And my first thought was, I didn't even see muscle mat come in here. He <laughs> <laughs> made quick work. But it was great. We, uh, we had a good workout. We uh, had a little talk with with Brody on the way out. I hope he's doing well. I made oh, the mistake oh, of walking back to the place without my jacket on. But <laughs> hang, like hang on, eight, hang on a second. 18 degrees outside too. But let's let's before we before we make it outside. I just I know this is not the Swole Society, but we have to talk about the ridiculous expensive BFR bands. That oh, yeah. Dave has to end the workout in where he <laughs> syncs these bands up to an app on his phone. And I have no idea what he's actually doing, but his arms did look pretty massive when he was done. But I've never seen someone struggle curling 15 pound dumbbells like well, I you did. You need to work out with me more then. <laughs> these were we, call, we call that brother. Monday. Yeah, these were some sort of arm straps with blinking lights on them that just apparently they, they inject the human growth hormone directly into your arm from there. This is just a sign that we've got too much money at this point, because I am sure there's any number of food shelters and women's shelters that could really use a, a, a cash infusion. And, and he's buying bands that sync up to an app on his phone. So yeah. the shelters needed BFR bands. Trent, <laughs> right. tell you where there wasn't some blood flow restriction. <laughs> but um, Can I borrow one. So of those? yeah, after after he finishes his last set, Dave, while he's looking at himself in the mirror and flexing, goes, "Not putting my shirt back on. <laughs> I'm walking back just like this." And he walked out in that 18-degree weather. And there was this, as soon as we walked out of the gym, there was this homeless guy that just looked right at Dave. And you could tell, had he not been half naked in the cold weather, he might would have tried to get some money off us. But he looked at that guy and goes, no, nah, he's crazy. And kept right on walking. Right? He's we doing stayed worse than me. <laughs> Yeah, so we get back to the uh, we get back to the the house, and uh, as mentioned, fake Paul Bear has come through with nice breakfast sandwiches for Muscle Delight. Matt and Glenn. Oh, they were so good! And he again, he he gets them, he brings them back. They're they're in a bag like wrapped in foil, but he's like, how can we preserve the warmth of these even more? You know what? I'm just gonna put them in the microwave, so they're just in an enclosed yeah. space. So they're yes. as hot as possible. Ah, keep that they're, radiant heat in there. That's yeah. smart. We could not have had anyone care for us better. <laughs> the guy's a top-notch traveling companion. Just lovely. 
So we yeah, get back. right right up until it gets to the point of actually paying for the trip. <laughs> <laughs> so we get back from the gym, and right now it's probably around like 10 a.m. And uh, we we sit at the bar, we have our breakfast sandwiches, we hang around for just a little while, and then it's time. It's time to remove the top from this bottle of vodka. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> it's time to go. So it was it's not 11 a.m. yet. No. <laughs> it was cranberry and vodka and monster energy and vodka for the next seven hours <laughs> while we played pool. And watched we had jazz. Cor- <laughs> yeah, we had corporate <laughs> diversity initiative talk, and we watched a jackass movie marathon. <laughs> Oh, that's that's good research for the rumble, as it turns out. Well, and the entire time Dave has something swirling in his uh, blender cup the entire time. <laughs> oh, this guy blended up so many powders and so many supplements. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm dipping my breakfast sandwich into a monster energy. <laughs> we all have our vices. We all have. our. Yeah, vices. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. But we, uh, yeah, I mean, we pretty much we had all the the leftover pizza. We had we had alcohol. We just had a fun fun day at the house, and I guess later, you know, getting you know a few uh, I don't know five o'clock, we're like, hey, we'll head down to the head down to the dome. We'll uh, you know find a spot to eat down by the dome. Muscle Matt and I had already doctored our gimmick attire, which was the Power and Glory tag team T-shirts, sleeves cut off, full Zubaz pants. It was unbelievable. I, I, I'm so impressed with you guys. And uh, the only thing we, uh, we didn't realize, nothing's open downtown in St. Louis. <laughs> Not a single we thing. Run, didn't we run into this in Phoenix, too? I thought it was Houston. But I feel like in Phoenix, we walked around and nothing was open, too, that weekend. And we thought it was really weird because there was no cars. There was Uh, nothing. This was worse. Phoenix, we did a lot of hotel bars and restaurants because they were open. Yeah, that was all that was open. Yeah. This was worse. This was worse than Phoenix or Houston. And Houston was bad. Houston was bad, too. Yeah. Other than Bijou's. But every, yeah, every place, well, as every place, the first three, four places we went to try to get something to eat before going into the Rumble, uh, they're like, yeah, it's, um, it'll be about an hour and a half wait. Like, no, I don't think that's going to work, brother. (laughs) And, 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 and it was two different worlds as far as like our group walking towards the dome (laughs) and after the event, because we are fully juiced and sauced for the event <laughs> to the point that it, at, at one point we're walking, there's like this huge crowd of people going down the sidewalks, you know, toward the dome and we're walking through an intersection, but like not the busy part, kind of like the side street and traffic is kind of inching forward, but they wait for people or people wait for the cars. And I just remember just walking across and loudly proclaiming <laughs> that the, the head of the table <laughs> does not stop at crosswalks. <laughs> That is a hundred percent true. God. <laughs> and listen, and then, all all those cars stopped and acknowledged him. That's right. And then, as we kept on walking, I heard him yell back, "I'm your tribal chief." <laughs> so then we get we we're 
like uh, like Glenn said, we we saw a couple places, lines out the door, huge waits. So then we're like making bigger and bur- bigger circles around the front of the arena or the dome trying to find spots. And <laughs> everyone's on their phones like, oh, there's a, you know, Asian food place here. Or there's a burger place here. Everyone we walked to is closed. So we finally duck into a hotel that had a little bar and restaurant. And that's when we, uh, it was going to be a wait, but we we found there was like six seats at the bar and some people had just got up. I had to, there was only three open and then the fourth seat we needed had a title belt in it. <laughs> so I had to ask the guy, hey man. <laughs> Can you move your belt? So you had to tell Damien Priest to move one seat over. <laughs> I basically told him, hey, man, we need this seat, so move your belt or you're going to have to defend it right now. Now, so that was, again, that was, and you're wearing the glory T-shirt and the Zubas. Like, you were you were dressed to compete. So this was not the person that thought one of the Bella twins was going to win the Rumble, right? That no. you had to inform her, like, that's a tough one, pal, because that's not happening. No, we're, we're sitting there, and the, the people that were in those two seats, obviously wrestling fans, they grabbed their belt. They were so nice So the guy people. that was carrying a title belt was a wrestling fan. That's yes. what you're telling me? Okay. <laughs> it was shocking. Yes, yeah, so want to make sure I'm clear here. So they leave, and then... Um, a uh, a woman and her friend who was like gold dust but not androgynous he was full gold dust what Vince would try to say he wasn't no pal he's androgynous <laughs> um they come and sit down and of course uh glenn muscle matt myself and fake paul bear were you know putting in some bovada bets we which we'd been doing throughout the day oh that's true too <laughs> just kept adding to, to it yeah yeah and uh we're we're i think we're going through the the women's rumble and i, I that's right there was a college basketball game on and i bet the first half and i said if it hits i'm putting all my winnings on rousey to win Oh, and, uh, <laughs> and the lady next to me now pipes up and she's like, oh, are you guys going to the Rumble? And we're like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm going too." she's like, I came here from New York when I heard the Bella Twins were going to be in it. And I really think I can't remember if it was Nikki or Bree. She's like, I really think maybe it doesn't Nikki. matter. I, I think Nikki <laughs> Bella's going to win. And I was like. I don't know about that. And she's like, no, I really do. And that's when I decided not to, but I was about to turn and be like, any amount of money. Yes. For, the, for can anything. We, can we get something in escrow real quick? What he actually did is he executed an end of days on her, and she's probably still there. But then it was time. It was time to head over to the arena. Uh, we get over there. Glenn and his uh, his massive size is leading the charge through the crowd. We're all we're all trying to keep up with him. I mean, the fact that you guys weren't in the arena at two o'clock's already ruined <laughs> the whole trip for me. Like, I don't even want to listen to the episode now. And Muscle Matt and myself are are back, but we're we're hanging close together because the gimmick the gimmick doesn't work if you're separated. And 
it was getting over big with the crowd. Oh yeah. It was getting over big, but my favorite one was during the the Becky Dewdrop match, as we had already penciled in as the go to the bathroom grab a beer match, which out of the forty four thousand attendants, thirty thousand also <laughs> decided to do. <laughs> so we Matt and I go out and we're kind Whoa. of walking out. Wow. We're not gonna talk about the sign here? Or is that later? Because isn't that when oh, the yeah, sign no, caught on fire? No, no, no. Okay, no, that's we're coming later. back that's to that. Okay, we're, I didn't want to gloss over that. All right, I'm, go ahead. I'm completing the the gimmick okay. attire story, and then we'll we'll start from the beginning of the show. So that's when we run into a guy who is probably in his 50s, and we walk by, and he's like, man, that's awesome, blah, 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 power and glory. And then he feels the need to make sure we're aware that he knows his wrestling. He's like, that was Hercules Hernandez and Paul Roma. And we're That's like, right. yeah. And he's like, Paul Roma was great in that, but he was one of the worst horsemen. At which point, Matt and I are already past him. But I wanted to turn around and be like, is the name Steve Mongo McMichael? <laughs> mean, <laughs> Does that mean nothing to you? Does that name mean nothing to you? Roma was, was a worse horseman than Mongo, though, by far. Really? If you go well, particularly if you go back and see like it was the fourth horseman where people like Ole Anderson, Barry Windham, Sting, Sid Vicious, Paul Roma. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll take I'll take Muscle Matt's word for it. So I just wanted to throw that in while we were talking about our our gimmicks, but uh, Glenn was rocking. Uh, what were you rocking that day? Oh, I had the head of the table. Of course you did. T-shirt on. I was there to worship my tribal chief. <laughs> so we uh, we find our seats, which were good. I think the seats worked out well. Oh, and yeah. that's when we realized something I'd never seen at a live event. The show is not kicked off yet. We have a problem. We have a lost three-year-old up by the ring. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, no. So the ring announcer is down there with the, the three-year-old, which, by the way, I would get lost <laughs> if she would come hang out with me for a little while. <laughs> but uh, she's down there, and she's doing the – and one of the other little PA guys, and they're like, hey, uh, we got a loss. And they're, like, trying to, like, be real cool about it. They're like, this little superstar. <laughs> and this poor little kid sitting there, and then finally his – his mom comes down and gets him. And then wouldn't you know it, the mom, that little kid, and a couple other kids are sitting like the row in front of us about six people down. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And he got a pretty good ovation, too. I mean, a much bigger pop than, I don't know, Dude, numbers of 12 through 20 in the Rumble. Gosh. That is true. Wait, that, that is true. Truth? So the event, the event starts. I mean, we're not gonna break it down like match no, by match. No, but, but the first match was exceptional. Oh my gosh! I mean, the match amazing start. Just, yeah, yeah, just the intros. Obviously, you get the Roman Reigns six minute slow motion walkout that make it thirty if you want, just whatever you want to <laughs> do. But then the Shield music hits, and for a second, even though it was an impossibility, right? You just thought maybe. Is is Seth about to walk down here with Moxley and this place <laughs> oh. is just 
yeah. everybody's just going to be shirt off, just <laughs> hugging each other. And what's crazy is on the PA, they reference the shield as Reigns, Rollins, and Moxley, not Ambrose. Right. And then uh, when you, and I, when trend of that, right. And when they said that, and when he said something about him and Mox and I was like, no way. But then, you know, there's just enough of a, a suspension of disbelief where you're like, well, I mean, maybe. Yeah. But it was still a great either way with or without great gimmick that gets people talking. Great no, match. Was, I mean, it was great. Everything um, about it was great. I mean, the match itself was phenomenal and then all the you know all the little stuff um uh rollins trying to give him the fist and then when he gets him in the guillotine and you know i think matt called it he's like man he's he's gonna pass you know he's gonna pass out but he's not gonna tap and then the ref goes to raise the hand which they never do anymore which oh I yeah i was i drop. was like well yes yes watch this he's gonna yeah and as soon as he drops in it lands on the rope i'm like did Pat Patterson come back from the dead and book this finish? Because this is amazing. Yeah. And the answer is no when we get to the men's rumble, but we'll do that right <laughs> Well, that's true. But we had the – obviously, that was towards the end of that match. But then you had the one in Rollins' you know, favor, the, the false finish, where he gets the stomp. And, mm-hmm. and it was in play. And the crowd was – this wasn't just I'm going to count along because it's fun. Like, there were people getting ready to explode – with a Rollins win. So they did a great job booking mm. that first one for sure. Yeah, and then yeah. the uh, only thing that was weird about it on TV is, and you know, of course they did the whole chair beat down that was just perfectly choreographed to the shield breaking up, which, you know, no, you know, was cool, but the camera stayed on Roman so long after everything. And I kept thinking somebody's coming out to confront him. And it, you know, it's like, is this going to be where the rock comes out? And it's like, okay, you've gone too far. You know, like, there was something about the way they were shooting it on the TV that you felt like something else was going to happen. And it never did, which I'm not complaining. I mean, it was good suspense, but I mean, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat going, what's about to happen here. And of course we figure out later on where the angles headed, but at the time, you know, the whole world was available for what was going to happen next. That's interesting because I haven't gone back and watched the, the broadcasts. Yeah, they hung with it because usually on those and, and they did it on the other matches. As soon as whatever they booked is over, they're immediately going to commercials, you know, or, or promo, you know, Peacock promos for whatever they're mm-hmm. they're running in between. So the women's rumbles next, right? That was I, the second. I believe that's so. Second, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Is there is there anything? I mean, you guys want to discuss other than the Rousey? It, I mean, it was me explaining basically from entrance seven through 24 who these people were, how old they were, when they wrestled. <laughs> I mean, it was I've listened back to our show from last week. I remember who made I think Dave made the comment of like, why wouldn't they just do this with 20 people? <laughs> and I mean, I just don't think the now the Bellas are the exception because the crowd went nuts for them for whatever Dude, reason they did. And yeah. I was shocked by yeah. that. But the, the nostalgia factor, I mean, the nostalgia factor for most of those people, I mean, because even I was like, who, I, like, who was that? Like, I don't remember. I just don't I don't think there's much there's just much value. I mean, and they just don't have 30 people they can run out there. Yeah. No, I, I'll say this. I'm pretty critical of most of the women's wrestling of any federation. Um, but I thought the I thought over. 
for the most part, it was a, it was booked well. Like I didn't see, you know, 12 of them powdering to the outside for six minutes at a time. There wasn't a ton of, I'm going to stand on the bottom rope, you know, I'm getting ready to be eliminated kind of thing. I mean, I'm not going to say it was perfect. There are some things that are kind of, didn't seem to make sense. Like, uh, banks getting eliminated seemingly really early. And yeah, uh, the crowd didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, not but, any fan. And, and the other thing, and, and I'm, and you guys know, I mean, I'm the biggest Rousey fan there could be because I just think she's been great. But the crowd, you know, the crowd turned against her in her last run, and I think that that they got to be really careful here because I think they're just in danger. I mean, there's obviously she gets the huge reaction when she comes out, but I'm glad. I mean, because there was a minute where I was like, man, if they let her throw everybody out, the crowd's gonna get mad. Like. I like that they had Charlotte eliminate the people that that the crowd might have pseudo been pulling for, because the only person they're gonna they're gonna like her throwing out is Charlotte because they don't want Charlotte to win again. Yeah. But I would have loved, yeah. and I told you guys this on the text, like what what my dream scenario would have been, and I know it's cheesy, but I would have loved it is if somehow Charlotte had a, managed to clear the ring before thirty came out, and Ronda was thirty. I think that would have been amazing because then. Because I, I feel like Rhonda was lost a little bit because there was moments where they were doing other spots and she's just kind of hanging on the rope. Yeah. And I'm like, man, she's better when she's just full speed, 100 percent going nuts and then gets out of there. I don't like this. Oh, now I'm tired and I'm going to hang on the middle rope because, I, you know, this spot's happening. Yeah. No, I think like I would have liked her to come in and go crazy, get Charlotte out of there and set it up versus what they did. Now, they still got a huge reaction when she came out. I just didn't like the lull that happened after it. Yeah. What I didn't like about it was, and obviously she's probably somewhat limited considering she just had a kid. Well, yeah. What considering she what do. she was wearing. I mean, <laughs> Glenn called that what she can do physically, but yeah, what they needed to do. If you remember the, the McIntyre rumble, which we were at, which was so great because they had Brock in there just running the table. And then, you know, the whole crowd wanted someone to come and eliminate them, right? And you thought that might be Keith Lee, and you thought, and then when McIntyre finally did it, what they needed to do is they needed to have a heel, whether that's Tamina or maybe Sonya Deville, like get Deville throughout Naomi, so she's a big heel, and then right after that, Rousey runs in and throws out Deville, like pop the crowd with something she did, right? you know? But yeah, then she kind of gets in there and there's like six people and she's just kind of meandering her way around fighting different people. It's like you you got us excited. Now you're just kind of lulling us back. I one thing I thought was was weird that in the women's rumble um, was the berserker. <laughs> uh, big, big, big Viking. Was that the berserker? That was a. Uh, Man, dude, listen, I'm going to try to oh, be Sarah Logan. I, but even my son was like, who is that? And I said, oh, that's Sarah Logan from the Rise Squad. He goes like, no, she's fat. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. Glenn sensitive. may have Venmoed me what he, the, the little bit he owed me from the trip. And the memo may have been Sarah Logan weight loss fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hate to see it. Yeah, that's uh But but overall I'm excited where we're going. I hope they keep it a Charlotte Ronda singles match. I hope they protect the heck out of Ronda between now and WrestleMania. They don't don't overexpose her, don't make her do stupid stuff. 
and then I think you got something. Yeah, sure. So yeah. what's next? So, oh, go ahead. Well, as we move forward, obviously, Becky and Dewdrop was the go-to-the-bathroom match and maybe see a little bit of it. It really wasn't bad. The sign caught on fire. Um, it actually had a pretty cool finish, I thought. But there's just there's just no buy-in from the crowd. Like the well, and the crowd was just they were the crowd was dead. just distracted too. Because I mean, I had to look up online what was happening because everybody that was on the hard camera side was just turned 90 degrees to the right looking at something. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, either there's a giant fight in the stands or something's going on. And then, you know, come to find out they're like evacuating a section because the sign above them is melting. And I was like, well, that's a problem. So, yeah, that ma- other... I mean, the match was, the match was, is what it was. I, I just, I, it didn't do much for me. Obviously, Becky wins. Fine. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. And then I'm kind of skipping. We're going to uh, reorder the matches a little yeah. bit, but. Uh, the Ms. Maurice Edge Beth Phoenix, thumbs up. Was... I was I was worried that they had just cut it because I couldn't figure out why they waited so long to put it on. Right. Because it was the match right before the men's rumble. I know you said we skipped ahead, but I thought, man, did they like get in in some kind of a weird time crunch and and just cut it because it felt really weird when they put it on. But yeah, it was great. It was really good, and the thing you predicted almost happened a few times too. Yeah, yeah. and we were in our talks. the uh, The odds kept moving in favor of betting Ms. and Maurice as far as making money, right? Like I think it ended up at you were getting three and a half to one to bet them. So finally, I was like, man. I'm going to throw a little on there. I mean, this price is too good. Just in it, case they let him win to drag it out for another, yeah. Exactly. When they did the double skull-crushing finale and got the false finish, I was halfway out of my seat. <laughs> Not a chance. And then so in those a good match. In those type of matches where it's intergender... I mean, they always end with a double pin, don't they? I mean, have they, has one ever not ended that way? They all do, don't they? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think they pretty much all do. And I, I'll tell you this, like, I mean, apparently they're I've heard a lot of chatter that they want to do edge styles at Mania. But the way they left that match, like, I don't know if it made air, but they their kids were in the front row. And yeah, edge. I saw, no, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That so awesome. you're kind of like, man, that's cool for them. And you kind of felt like it was almost like, is that it? Like, was I this so. their big go out at least probably for beth for sure i don't know if edge does anything else but i mean it was a good match yeah they'll get him booked at mania but no i think that i think that was definitely the blow off of whatever that issue was that's that's dead so do all we have left is yeah brock Brock lashley Lashley and then the men's rumble the um brock lashley match man i mean i don't know if it was scary in the arena but i mean lashley's a giant guy and those German suplexes, man, I mean, some of them were close to being yeah. really bad. No, that was I mean, I was cringing. I don't know how they let Brock do that to people. Yeah, it wasn't just us, like the the row of people behind us that we would get to know a little better as the, the night went on. And then we we carry something with us even after the trip from <laughs> from them. They were talking about it the whole time and, and they would have definitely been rooting for Bobby Lashley. 
but every one of those German suplexes, yeah. they, they were like, oh, my well, God. And I think it him. was the the first or the second one was really bad because it was right on the like back of his neck. And I don't know if you guys noticed, it was very noticeable on TV, but everyone after that, like he was contorting to land on his side shoulders. Yeah. I don't think he wanted to take another one. But the crazy <sighs> thing was how easy Brock was throwing him around, which was scary, like how strong Brock is. Because, I mean, he was just manhandling him. No, you could definitely see it. Like, I mean, even sitting in the crowd, we were like, man, Lashley doesn't doesn't want to take another no, one. No, the first one he right. took on the back of his head. And I think he even said in an interview now, you never know if he's working or not. But basically, like, I, he almost got knocked out right as the match started. So I think he was being super careful. But yeah, I've I've always like felt like Brock's pretty free and easy with those. I would not I would not want to get put in that spot. Well, but on the flip side, the first German suplex that Lashley hit on Brock was pretty high. Like yeah. that was yeah. No, I think I think as big as those guys are, they probably shouldn't be doing that. But Yeah. <laughs> Much less good, 30 of them. Yeah. It was but it was a good, you know, it was what you wanted to see. He's like two big guys doing big guy moves. And then I yeah. love the, I love the ending because I think Heyman with Roman gets more heat on him. And now like everybody has no reason not to just fully embrace b- this incarnation of Brock. Yeah. Because, you know, Paul's just always going to be a heel no matter where you try to put him. Yeah. So it's great. I think it's great all the way, all the way around the board. Um, but my reaction when it was over was just like, Oh crap. Now I know exactly what's going to happen in the next hour. And that's yeah. and that really bummed me out cuz I was just hoping they both retained and they could work it out some other way. But then as soon as he won, I I told my son, I was like, "Well, Brock's winning the Rumble." Like yeah. just as, you know, like there's no way that doesn't happen. Well, we no, we had oh, Yeah. We we were kind of in the same boat, but we were still thinking of other options including just some kind of way that, you know, Roman has just screwed Brock out of the WWE championship. And then maybe Brock comes out some somewhere in the late twenties and he's cleared everybody or most everybody out. And then Roman comes out at 30 and screws him again out of winning the rumble. And now Roman's just got, got everything. Uh, you know, we're fantasy booking this thing through the, through the whole deal. At some point, Stone Cold was coming out. So well, was, all the realistic options. <laughs> what was funny about it was, in, you know, in our talks before the match, obviously on the last episode, we talked about like, you know, there we all kind of thought, man, one of the matches is going to end funky. And I think I was a big proponent of Lashley getting the title in a cheap way. And on the way over there, I was like, man, you know, one one tell will be we got to make sure the Brock Lashley match doesn't have a female referee because they won't bump a female referee. So as soon as that match starts and it's I don't remember who it was, Glenn kind of looked over at me and gave me the knowing nod like man, it, it might be happening. <laughs> no, and it did. It was, just, it was just the almighty. Yeah. But I just one, I just don't oh, feel like they needed to have like. They could have got to Brock and Roman without having to mess with the Rumble at all. Like that, I firmly believe that. And you could have used the Rumble for setting up whoever Lashley fought. Like you could have done that. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I want to get your the, thoughts on this, Tommy, real quick. 
so we did the the thing we always do where we we kind of have the the order of you know we just kind of go down the line so i want to think i want to hear what you think of the first through four people i got in my random pick see if you think i had a chance at winning this montez ford i mean then, inter- interesting then angelo dawkins just to complete out the team. so i mean that's a big advantage for you because you got like, two guys that could work together as a team <laughs> then then dominic mysterio right who mm-hmm. you know ostensibly would also have somebody to work with then rick boogs <laughs> oh yeah no, I, I I feel like that's a yeah that's a one and a half to one shot probably. Every time it was my pick, one you know Dominic Mysterio would walk out and everyone would laugh at me. But I also ended up with number thirty. Yeah, <laughs> well, which and was the Beast yeah. Incarnate. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, I what, Dra- DraftKings had that pick and and I the the you know like questions thing and I and I got them all right because I I mean it was it was. What number will win the Rumble? I picked 25 through 30. Well, you know, well, somebody won that's won before. Well, Brock's won before. So, yes. Uh, but I guess every question right. Now, of course, you know, I split 30 cents because everybody else got it right, too. <laughs> but it was just, I mean, it was that predictable. Because, you know, it's like I knew they wouldn't bring him out early. I knew he'd be either the second to last or last. It's just, you know, I I mean, there was just, it was just, you know, and I, I know I know it's different being there in person. But, I mean, it was just it just wasn't good. I mean, the, the order that the guys came out made no sense. There wasn't too many exciting. I mean, I mean, I don't care about bad bunny showing up. I mean, whatever that doesn't yeah. worry. Shane was exciting, but then at the same time, you're like, well, he's basically just going out there to set up whoever he's going to fight at mania. Probably. Cause like, here's this is the time of year he turns up. Here's what I'll say. I think I agree with you on both the rumble matches not being great. I think the singles matches, I think obviously Roman Rollins, Brock Lashley and the Miz Maurice matches were very good. Yeah. Which is normally, I feel like it's the opposite. Normally like the filler matches aren't that great. And the rumble is, but the only thing I like Heyman switching I wasn't as mad with Brock winning the Rumble after that because that sure. gives us more of a story. Sure. But I I think it's one of the best Royal Rumbles I've ever had. <laughs> okay. And I mean that because it was the only Royal Rumble that I've ever been to. <laughs> it was amazing. I, uh, yeah. I was going to say, I did uh, my, my one or the biggest enjoyment of the men's rumble was definitely the surprise McIntyre appearance since he was supposed Boy. to be. And that was cool. And and there was a minute there where, you know, I'm going, well, Hey, maybe they're going to run this back again. And it was cool that I like that, that it ended up with him and Brock. They've got history and all that. I think McIntyre is still hurt. It's just not a, like a real serious injury. Right. But, but they were definitely not going to drag that out at the end longer than, you know, the two minutes they did. I still think the women's rumble was better, at least when you got down to the last five or six. I thought that was, they were all very strong candidates. You could leave any of them, most of them winning. When when the top four or the final four of the men's rumble 
included Shane McMahon and Bad Bunny that made up 50%. Right. Like that's that was what was kind of frustrating. There was nothing special about any of the folks in and I think that's what people rightly are um, upset about. But again, I will say from somebody that's live in the audience, what makes the Rumble fantastic is every minute or two, there's new theme music to cheer. They hit a spot, and that's what you want to see. Bring <laughs> on the next guy. Absolutely. And I'd love to go back and, and time that. Because it seemed like sometimes it was like 30 seconds and they were sending out someone new. Yeah, I started watching the hard camera and I saw about a minute 15 is what I would add. what I bet is what the average was. I read today and I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I read today that because one thing that did seem missing, especially at the end of really both rumbles, is a lot of times you get false finishes rumble style, you know, or someone will go to the apron. And it seemed like both of them, like there was no back and forth with the last two. Like it was just done. Yeah. It happened really fast, especially, uh, especially Ronda's. I mean, it was just like done. And I I read somewhere that someone was saying that with being on Peacock, they don't have the leeway on timing that they had on the network. Well, they hit it right on the, the zeros. I mean, it yeah. was over right on the top of the hour. So. so that may have messed up some plans is if they actually have a hard out that they have to hit. I wasn't terribly upset with something like that, because if you go back and look at um, previous rumbles, that seems to be a pretty common thing, especially back in the early rumbles. Um, so I, I felt that was okay, and it protects some of those folks yeah. pretty easily, like Ronda. Well, yeah, I mean, they they orchestrated it well. Like, Charlotte's whole deal was basically she just charged too hard at her, and when she missed, it made her easy to throw over, and, and McIntyre went for the Claymore and missed it. And, yeah, I mean, Lesnar, once he gets you, you're you're done. So there's no there's not much getting away. Yeah, the, the problem with Lesnar was that he was – basically like playing on Xbox on easy mode. So he just walked in and just tossed everybody out. (laughs) Except, except for Shane McMahon, who was the only person that it took two clotheslines (laughs) to get him out, which I, I imagine that this was a, uh, you know, Lesnar's just going to clothesline him, but then Shane just held onto the rope and Brock was like this MF. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to kill this guy, except for it's the boss's son. Yeah, if there's a if uh if there's anyone that you should be able to complete the journey as they say and get over the top rope, it's when Brock hits you with a clothesline. That should be Seriously. the easiest thing in the world. No, I agree with Matt when it gets to the last four guys and Bad Bunny is one of them that 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 kind of cheapens it. But I went back and I rewatched just certain parts uh on on Peacock and that part of the Rumble on the TV broadcast was really cool that Bad Bunny like stands up and he looks across and Brock Lesnar is looking at him. <laughs> and he has a look on his face like, all right, this is not what I yeah, counted this for. is not good. I, I didn't come in here for this. And I guess I'd be okay with that if it was only, you know, Bad Bunny, not Bad Bunny and Shane, who's right. yeah. 50 years old. and yeah. Right. 
No, so. they needed some other people that you could actually believe win, and I think Big E would have been the logical one. But mm-hmm. or or shoot, give that spot to Austin Theory or Madcap Moss or somebody that that is yeah, not somebody win. yeah somebody that's not rub. not either in their late fifties or or um not a wrestler. Someone someone new, yeah. Right. So obviously we're we're going pretty long in this episode. I think the proper way to end is have Glenn explain his shirt. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, we have man. One... Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. So we have one story to tell and then we'll, we're going to go away from the dome and then we're going to come back and yeah. So uh, ongoing theme of good thing. Tommy's not here because he'd <laughs> oh, have to yes. change his pants or he would have to, he would run to, to security. We're walking back from, from, from the dome back to our place and it's, you know, it's three quarters of a mile, but going through a big crowd, I mean, it took the better part of 20 or 30 minutes to get back. So we're probably like two thirds of the way back. And it's just the, the four of us. We're just walking and having our own conversation. And all of a sudden, this guy just walks in the middle of our group. And it's like, yes, Reggie walks into the middle of our group. And he's like, oh, hey, guys. Oh, man, I can't believe it. We're going here. We're getting in that Uber ride. And he's real loud and like almost right at like right up in our face. And he's talking for like 10 or 15 seconds. And I'm thinking he thinks he's in our group. And we've been in an Uber together. Oh, no. Meanwhile, all he's trying to tell us is that like basically him and his friends were downtown. They had uh, gotten a ride down there. They needed to get an Uber somewhere else. It was like 26 bucks to get an Uber, but then they went inside to do something and they came back out and then priced it again. And it was like $200 <laughs> and he looked around and he's like, it's because all you guys are going to the wrestling show. <laughs> and then he was impersonating us with the generic voice. He was like, yeah, you're like, yeah, let's make it down here to the arena. So like, he, yeah, he was, it was. I mean, he wasn't like super aggressive, but he was agitated. He was oh, definitely yeah. agitated. We were just like, I don't know what to tell you, man, but we don't talk like that. That's all. <laughs> that's all I can. Uh, that's my only retort. So then he thought that was funny. He walked off. We're continuing to walk back, and like shortly before we get to our door, this like I, I don't know what it was. It was like a Mini Cooper or something drives by, and he's the passenger leaning out the window. He's still yelling. At us. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, as man. we're leaving the events over um we hang around brock wins he points at the sign but we were still we don't know what's going on with the broadcast so we were still thinking like are they going to pull something at the end here are we getting one final brock and roman standoff or just there was anything some cool post camera oh, yeah. uh riddle like Riddle was trying to get him to do the pose for the few fans that were up the front. He's like yelling at him to turn on Orton's music, but it clearly wasn't planned because they didn't do it until like five minutes later when they're all gone. So we're still there. This is at least five minutes, maybe 10 after the broadcast has certainly ended. Uh, But we're just checking that out. And then, you know, we're sitting pretty close. Seats are pretty good. So we got to wait a while for people to clear out. Um, so now we're at least 15 minutes or more since it's been over. So we make our way up. We start going up the steps and Paul Bearer just taking care of us. He taps me on the shoulder and he's like, Hey, check that out. You want some free merchandise? And I'm like, what? 
And the people behind us, the row behind us, one of them had bought stuff from the the merchandise store, but they left the bag in front oh, of their seat, no. and they're long gone. They left, they left, maybe even before Brock came out, or as soon as he won, like they were gone. So they've been gone for like half an hour, oh, no. and certainly haven't come back. So I walk over and I grab it. And I, I asked the people that were sitting right behind them just to make sure it wasn't theirs. So I didn't get like pick up some guys. <laughs> hey, <man>. kids. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, is this y'all's? And he's like, no, 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 it's, it's definitely not ours. So I'm like, well, I guess I have some stuff. <laughs> and so I, I walk up the stairs and I started looking through and I, I had the receipt and it has the guy. So we, I have it. We walk back to the to our luxury penthouse, and I find this, it's the guy. I, I would bet much more than I bet on Ms. and Maurice that this is the guy whose name is on this receipt. He had a um, very. He didn't have. It wasn't John Smith. Let's put it that way. I got you. I got you. <laughs> right. So I we find him on Facebook and we find him on Twitter and I message him on Twitter and I'm like, hey man. And on Rumble, Twitter, but... he was talking about going to the Rumble. Yeah, like this oh, is the so guy. This is the guy. Yeah, yeah, it's the guy. And so I message him, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, what section were you in at the Rumble?" And he doesn't respond. I'm like, "Okay, that could yeah, be because that's kind of creepy." <laughs> right. So then a few minutes later, I followed up with, uh, "Because I'm pretty sure I was sitting in front of you, and you left your uh, your shirt and stuff there, and I and I've got it." Like, yeah. and I'm expecting a response and like, Hey, and, and we're not leaving till the next morning. If you can get by here, you know, I can, I can, uh, uh, give it to you or I could have left it out behind the building under the dumpster. <laughs> hey, there you go. And no response. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it till Sunday. I'll give it till Monday by Tuesday. I have a new Brock Lesnar <laughs> suplex city shirt that's two sizes too small. <laughs> so here's the plan we, we came up with, Tommy. I think you'll enjoy this. Because we're definitely going to WrestleMania. Yeah. Potentially SummerSlam in Nashville. I think Glenn needs to wear this shirt at least for and get a picture out front of the stadium at WrestleMania and then tweet it to the guy. Like every oh, show yeah. he goes to, it's like, Hey man, <laughs> still got it. And what made this so amazing to me was we're back at the luxury penthouse loft and Glenn's pounding another monster energy drink <laughs> vodka close to 1am. And he just, I look over at him, he's looking at his phone and he just laments, that prick's tweeting and he won't answer my message. And like he was vehemently bothered by the fact that he could not return the shirt. He wanted to do the right thing. So that happens though. You try to do the right thing and they just don't, they don't want to reciprocate. Well, here's the real problem. So if you happen to be missing a Brock Lesnar shirt and you were at the rumble and you were sitting behind us, you did this to yourself. (laughs) This is what you wanted. The problem was is when Glenn tweets, he expects people to acknowledge him. 